0: Welcome everyone to Micta Radio, I'm your host John Tanner and today we are via Zoom talking again with Chris Stark, CEO for Innovate 5G and he is uh, talking to us about 5G networks and how it's going to change the technology landscape across the country. Uh, Chris, last time we talked with you, you, you spoke to us about some of the fundamental benefits of 5G networks. Uh, such as the lower latency, extremely fast download speeds, which is important, increased capacity, meaning you can connect many, many more devices all at once, and of course increased bandwidth compared to 4G. So, you know, these network improvements, Chris, are gonna have far-reaching impacts on how people live and, and work all over the world. But today, we want to talk about something called CBRS, Chris, what is CBRS? So,
1: thank you, thank you for the introduction, John. Um, CBRS. When we think, when you think about any wireless networks, one of the underpinnings of the wireless networks is spectrum. Um, it's what every carrier uh, buys and costs a fortune. Um, it is what we we essentially transmit and reach customers over. Generally, what's happened up until now is the Spectrum has been released by the government and auctioned, and people like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and, and, and some of the other carriers, such as Cellular and so on, have bought Spectrum in those auctions. And it's been done essentially to, to help develop the, the mobile network infrastructure, ensure that consumers get connected. It's improved our experience um, over time. And if you think about it, when you go back to, say, what we used to see on 2G, then 3G, and what you see on 4G now, and some of the the great experiences that you you see even on 4G, they're underpinned by, by, really, the development of radio technology by the major suppliers and, really, the availability of Spectrum. And spectrum is a big deal. It's it's a policy issue for the US government, uh, as it is for all of the government. And some some time back, maybe uh, four or five years ago, uh, the US government was concerned the spectrum in its current form and the way it was brought to market. One, took a long time to come to market, but number two, whenever it came to market, it was extremely expensive and not really available to anybody other than the major carriers. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to create the idea of what they called an innovation band. So they wanted to bring spectrum to market that would not just benefit the consumer, but would allow other people and other industries and so on to be able to use the the spectrum and start really innovating. This spectrum band was called CBRS. It's, it's called many things, by the way. It, it, CBRS was the designation just because it was 3.55 gigahertz to 3.7, uh, 3. Um, and it, it was a legacy name. But it's called band 48 and, and all sorts of other things. But it's an important spectrum because it's in what's called mid-band. It means that it has really good propagation properties, there's a nice chunk of it that's been made available by the U.S. government. And essentially that CBRS is the underlying spectrum that, that was made available essentially to try and, and create more innovation around wireless technologies.
0: So, Chris, how was CBRS brought to market
1: so if you think about Spectrum and if you think about how carriers, the major carriers, AT&T and Verizon and so on, they go out and buy Spectrum and then they they push device manufacturers and radio manufacturers to create an ecosystem for it because they've got 100 million subscribers each. When we looked at this particular band, to make it available to everybody and to, to create an opportunity for everybody, we needed to substitute the pressure from the carriers by a pressure from a body to ensure that there were devices, there was radios, there was, there was a, an ecosystem of um, installers. They're essentially, all of the things that you need to wrap around here were actually developed and that ecosystem was built. And it wasn't built for a Verizon AT&T T-Mobile, it was built for a much broader community. So what we did is myself and five other people formed something called the CBRS Alliance, which is now called the Ongo Alliance. <clears throat> and in that, in that group, that's the piece that we tackled. We tackled the issue of let's ensure that when this comes to market and when people get a chance to use it, they don't have to worry. There's there's a load of devices, handsets like the iPhone the Galaxy, the LG, you name it, they all will work on it. The modems, there are modem routers, there's fixed wireless access equipment. All of that, the Ongo Alliance, uh, as it's now called, attacked and, and and made sure that, in fact, that was all there when the spectrum became available. In terms of how the spectrum became available, the government decided that what it would do out of 150 megahertz... It would allow 70 megahertz to be auctioned in 10 megahertz blocks. And it did it on a county basis. And it kept the rest and said, okay, if you want to operate in CBRS, you don't need to go and buy a license. You can actually operate in that remaining chunk of spectrum. And all you need to do is register. So it's essentially brought to market in a way that carriers have some, But people in industry, in um, enterprise, in business and so on can use it as well. And they don't need to go out and buy a license. They can actually use it as it is. And all they need to do is they just need to ensure that they register their network and they operate under uh, uh, an umbrella of what the FCC put in place, which was called Spectrum Access System. And the Spectrum Access System is really simple. It's just a way of managing everybody in that piece of spectrum to allow them all to get use access and use of it.
0: Okay. Let's handle these questions separately. First of all, who is going to benefit from CBRS?
1: So the beneficiaries of CBRS. First off, uh, you should understand that Verizon... In particular, bought a lot of CBRS. So did Dish. They are going to benefit from it because they're going to use it to increase the, the experience of their consumers. Other people bought some, and other people are using it. It is not confined to a consumer play. It is very much being used as a uh, as a network or, or a I guess um, a solution to problems in industry, business, education—you name it—and to give you an idea, <clears throat> the in terms of uh, how you use it and um, how you're going to benefit from it. What's happening is that people are looking at problems that they had in the past that they were not able to uh, to resolve, and Looking and they're having people come along and tell them that, in fact, with the CBRS network, they can actually get a a solution to that problem. And to be more specific about that, let's talk about a school system, for instance. One of the problems in in a lot of school systems had is that when they looked, schooling at home, the homework gap was growing without COVID. It was growing on its own being able to uh, to give uh, students in their home access to internet and access to online resources from the school was problematic. And that just created a bigger and bigger discrepancy for kids going to the school with those who, who, who came from homes that could afford or were on net and those that weren't. And what so what we saw is that, A number of schools have implemented networks where the network is essentially there to to create connectivity to students that generally would not have access to it. And so they took a problem, which was the homework gap. It was exacerbated by COVID and they they have had people come and create solutions that allow now them to bring their students onto their uh, school network all the time and they can do it from their home. They don't have to drive to the parking lot and get on the local Wi-Fi for the school. They can actually do it from home and they start to, to really attack that problem. So really in terms of who can benefit from it, put aside the guys that understand what they're doing cause they're gonna go out and sell us all uh, a handset and a radio plan. The people that really can benefit from this are the people who've had business problems or they've had, uh, in that case, school problems, or problems associated with local government, or whatever it is, and they've been problems that have been very difficult for them to solve. And a and a four G stroke, five G technology offers them the opportunity to go and and take the benefit and create the solutions to hit those problems. So the point is that it's an opportunity. It's a it. it it's a basket of capabilities that are available to people and people just need to take the take the time and take this chance to look at their, at what it can do for them. So I, I think this is, you know, when we talk about benefits to CBRS, I think it's a push and a pull. There's gonna be some push from industry with all sorts of great solutions that will come down, but the pull needs to come from people like the to members who look at their own situation and think, you know, I would really like to solve this particular problem and push it out to these uh, to the people that are in the CBRS world and, and l- demand a solution from them.
0: Sure, Chris, you you you've talked about the benefit uh, of who's going to benefit and how, and you mentioned specifically you gave the example of education and how they may benefit. Can, can you take that a step further and maybe apply that to health groups, health organizations, hospitals, et cetera? Could you talk a little bit about what you see, how CBRS could benefit that group?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'll give you an example of something that we've talked to hospital groups um, that, that were really stressed in the current COVID um, pandemic. So – One of the things that we we talked with a number of hospital groups about was that they had real trouble on the ingress of patients into the hospital. Um, One, that the ER room itself was becoming overloaded um, and and it was going through cycles and I I think you'll find it still going through cycles. The other is that the triage happened after everybody was there and so Being able to try and essentially triage and keep people that may be COVID positive and may may be at risk of infecting others away from patients that went in because they broke their leg or they'd broken their finger or whatever else it was, was a real challenge. I think we saw this with the, the tents that were erected around hospitals, certainly here in Dallas, a number of the hospitals we spoke to um, just to make, just to try and deal with the volume of patients coming in, they had to expand their ER facility with with tents in the parking lot. And it sounds good, but the trouble is, when you do that, all of your systems that were inside the hospital now struggle to get a reach out uh, into the parking lot. And so, some of the things that we we heard anecdotally, the essentially the tools and the availability of, of some of the capabilities of the hospital in the parking lot were really stretched. People started using things like texting and so on, which is, is not really the, the right solution. Um, so one of the things that CBRS in itself can do is it can extend a hospital network out beyond the walls of the hospital. And it can do it in a way that's not... Wi-Fi, where there's certain security issues and so on associated Wi-Fi, it can do it in a very secure manner. It can, can do it in a HIPAA compliant manner, which I think is is really important. And it can create the opportunity for medical devices and so on to be used outside in, in temporary areas and so on, but still be effective and connected to the rest of the hospital. So... I think when you, you look at healthcare, um, there's a very acute issue that's, that's obviously happened in the last 18, 24 months. And I, I think this type of capability offers some relief to that. I think long-term, it, it also offers the opportunity. The, one of the other pieces that we've heard from, from medical facilities is that just keeping really good tracking on assets. There's a lot of money goes into things like uh, the mobile assets that go around, EKG machines, uh, you name it. And knowing where they are and knowing um, exactly how good the utilization, these are mobile machines. They they tend to get moved around the hospital. Having something that can really accurately track them um, is problematic. And one of the problems that, that was relayed to us from that was that generally, if a Verizon or an at and offer a solution, they they try to offer a solution what's called outside-in. In other words, the network is actually the the overall network that everybody's on, and it's it just penetrates the hospital walls, and that's what the devices are connected to. But they don't always have good connections, so sometimes the machines just dropped off. So... <clears throat> Here, you've got an opportunity to create your own network inside the hospital. You can create the coverage map that you really need. You can be in a secure zone, again, go back to the HIPAA compliant piece, and you can get the sort of outcomes that you want, whether it's really good utilization on mobile assets. So, um, as I say, EKG and so on. whether it's whether it's just um, something to help you understand or, or keep good track and, and efficiency use of staff and stuff like that, you get a chance to create a network and an outcome that you can define and can be defined in a secure environment that meets your requirements. So I think hospitals, there's a, an acute issue, John. That's that's happened in the last twenty four months, but I think there's some there's some longer term. Uh, benefits that can be reaped from from creating this type of uh, network solution.
0: Chris, <laughs> this this really sounds exciting and interesting. And um, I'm thinking, uh, I'm trying to think of what our MICTA members are thinking right now. They're excited about it. They want to utilize it. They want to get access to it. But it's where where do you start? How do we get access? to cbrs how do we utilize it what what would be the first steps that we should think about doing
1: so i think john the, f- the first thing is access to cbrs you're going to get it you're going to there's going to be a ton of equipment out there um i mean i i've seen all sorts of machines connected to cbrs networks now even things like barcode scanners from uh, you know, large supermarkets or whatever. There's so many devices that are coming to the market. The main thing for Micta members is this, is that there are organizations, and Innovate 5G is one of them, that they can interact with to try and understand how CBRS and 5G can create some value for them. Because at the end of the day, this is just the technology. It has to create value for the Micta members and the MICTA members are the ones that need to help us understand the types of problems that they have, the, area, the pain points, and, and really, you know, where, where can we get a really good return on investment for them? And so, my, my, I guess my overriding uh, um, point to the members is this, is that, one, don't be afraid of the technology. This this is a really well adopted technology. The four G, five G is clearly a, a well adopted technology. The band is really well adopted. Um, you've got every major manufacturer you could think of that's that's playing a part in this, um, and you've got a, a fairly healthy ecosystem of devices. Lots of them sort of. Um, really innovated off the back of work that Qualcomm, Intel, and others have done right at the beginning. So don't be afraid of the technology. Don't be afraid of of the availability of technology and companies that can come and help you take care of the problems. Be focused on what creates value for you and where you think And where you really would like people to explore solving problems or solving pain points and that to my mind is really the the biggest the biggest step to take don't be afraid of it look at it as an opportunity it's a mobile opportunity this is this isn't one where you just have to have everything hanging on a wire now you've got an opportunity that anything can be mobile it can be connected we can create secure zones for you that will meet all sorts of regulations. That's all possible. What, what really is the key is the midterm members, the enterprises, the hospitals, the schools, or whatever, they know what, they, what the situation is that they're operating under. They know where their problems are that they would really like resolved. And I would just say, look, take don't be afraid to have the discussion with companies like innovate 5g and and start exploring where these networks can come in and create value for you um i think you will i mentioned before i think you're going to start seeing more people pushing solutions down to to some of the members but don't just wait be proactive um if the more proactive you are, the more the solution is going to be what you want rather than you having to take what somebody tries to push to you.
0: That's a lot of good information, Chris. Really important information. Really, thank you for being with us today. And, you know, we want our Micta Radio listeners to know that we will be covering more topics around the use of 5G networks and in greater detail as we talk with Chris Stark, CEO of Innovate 5G. So stay tuned for more programs. And we'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. We hope you find this information helpful as you continue to keep updating yourself on current technology trends and issues. And be sure to come back again for more Michter Radio. Bye for now.